Lord, this is Daniel. Everybody give it up for him. He, uh, take a seat for just a second. You can stand and read if you want to in a minute. But um, one cool thing that's kind of evolved over the summer is we have a, a writer's group here at Vertical Church. So whether uh, you write a poem or, uh, you know, a spoken piece or something like that, and they have a little a word press and stuff, and they're always, you know, talking together and and sharing with one another, and so they they have a piece here, and Daniel's going to read it uh, in just a second. Uh, it's a it's a little bit longer type piece, but it's a really um, impactful. So I want you to just take a minute, kind of settle into this um, as as he shares. So I don't know if you want to stand or sit or what works best for you. I might you might wander. All right, just keep it on the stage then. Actually, keep it in camera shot is what we'd say. So one more time, give it up for Daniel as he reads here. Uh, before I start, I just want to say that I'm, I'm not a giant or a spiritual David. I'm just, I'm just a man who uh, is fully known and loved by a God who's gracious and loving and works so diligently to equip his beloved. So I just want to thank you for your time and for listening. Um, that said, I'll start reading now. Just as God has taken great delight in poking holes in the stained glass windows of my religious world, so I'm learning from him to do the same. And that helps open up a mind and a heart to the light of the Lord's beckoning and that's my greatest delight to see. The light that pours in is illuminating like nothing else. Therefore, hear this, beloved of the way. What is your rank in the army of the Lord? I can imagine a few different looks upon the faces of those to whom this question is posed, and imagine what you might be feeling. Of those who are reading this, or listening to this, some might be confused by the idea of spiritual warfare. Others disturbed. Some might feel a bit hostile towards the idea, not having really listened to it before. Uh, but others might be excited by the prospect of having understood this to be an essential part of our walk and a call upon our lives by our King Jesus. However, before you give your full expression to your reaction, please read this or listen to this as a stark reminder of the situation at hand out of, out of, excuse me, out of Revelation verses, uh, chapter 12, verses 7 through 9. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. There's very little doubt as to what's happening in this passage. War and all its brutality. War, especially this war, by its very nature, cannot be anything but terrible, and with intense consequence for all involved. Earthbound humanity, very much included. Even so, each response to the, no to the notion of spiritual warfare has some validity according to the responders' understanding of the life that we're called to. But instead of tackling each of these and exasperating the situation needlessly, I counter with another humble question. Are we who are called to belong to Jesus Christ and beckoned to follow him in his way, not at war with his enemy, the devil, just as he is? It has become clear to me that there are two kingdoms at war here, heaven, the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ, and sin invaded earth. <clears throat> as Christ's warriors, we are technically the invaders, just as he was, when he walked the dusty earth. And he was direly imposed, first by King Herod as an infant, and then by the Pharisees, and who uh, pursued him even to the death on the cross. Yet even that, was, that which seemingly was the greatest victory of the enemy was turned to his greatest defeat on Easter as he rose from the grave. Read out of, hear out of John 1, verses 10 through 12. He, namely Jesus, was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. What a privilege. So 
Skepticism might meet this, but I, I beg otherwise. Just don't scoff for a moment. Oh, reader, oh, listener, have you simply not noticed the storm that rages in the wake of the enemy's failed quest to take heaven? Truly, this world does an excellent job, and by design, I believe, of keeping us so busy that, <clears throat> that we just don't seem to notice. But it changes not the fact that the war rages on, and that war, especially this war, is deadly serious in its gravest eternal sense. So here, therefore, the battle call in Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 12. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, and the earthly realms, frankly, as it translates. Some might ask, having resigned doubt at last, doesn't it scare you, the thought of being on the front lines where the action is hot and the consequences for defeat very real and eternally significant? I'd say in response that it isn't so scary when following the Lord and using what he has given us in his authority and power. And so to answer my own question, my, my original question at last, as for me, a writer, a poet, and maybe even a prophet, who knows, I imagine my rank as that of a simple herald, given much to say on behalf of my king, inflamed with passion and bellowing encouragement to those who, uh, as, who move, I'm sorry, bellowing encouragement to those around me as we move into battle in the, in the train of our great King Jesus who leads the way. Yes, the consequences are, of defeat are real and visible all around us, and suffering and sorrows too abundant for any to fully bear. But instead of fixing my eyes on those swirling storm clouds, I fix my eyes on Christ Jesus, who bore the weight of all these sorrows upon the cross, and my fear flees me. I am not scared, nor will I shy back and slink into the shadow of anyone I consider greater than myself, for that would block my view of my king, who is ever moving forward to completely take the victory which he won once and for all on the cross. A moment of silence might follow such a bold exclamation, but the right and good response must surely come from a soft but hungry tone. But how and what do we fight? I smile broadly at this. For I declare that is a most astute question. Even, an asked, even if asked in exasperation, I recognize that exasperation is, after all, an, exhibit, an ex exhibitation of passion, and passion is what our king is after. <clears throat> I clear my throat, for I seem to have gotten choked up. <laughs> I state my answer simply. We train for battle by spending time with Jesus in prayer and worship and by knowing his word. We stick by our church family and learn to live into what we are called to, for he has given each of us a set of gifts and talents perfectly suited for what he's called us into. I simply put forth this scripture which says, out of 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 9, verses 26 and 27, Therefore I do not run like a man running aimlessly, I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it a slave so that after I preach to others, all right, I myself might not be disqualified for the prize. But what do we fight with? Ah, that is getting to the heart of the matter now. Passion, passion but moves the sword to action. So what does that look like when I appear to stand before you empty-handed, even though I have a phone? I decry such an assessment for the Lord delights to equip us purposely and precisely according to his will. Just because we don't yet see it doesn't mean it isn't. Present your empty hands to the Lord and see what he will do. Read on, O willing soldiers. Listen on, O willing soldiers. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a, war a life worthy of the calling you have received. And in 11, verse 13, it was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers 
to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's huge. Huge calling. What a, high, what a high calling that is, and it may be overwhelming. It may seem overwhelming, and it might be, true? For if we were to fight this war in our own strength, we would soon fall away or fail in a miserable, visible disgrace. For the enemy is very good at leading the whole world astray when, it, when, when we stand apart from the Lord of grace. Yet attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ will be our goal, and it must be. For that is what absolute wholeness of character, calling, and purpose looks like. And when we stand unified in grace and in God's mighty power, nothing will stand against us. Picture an army of warriors who, in their uncompromising love and compassion, are perceived as little Christs. How the enemy trembles and quits the field of battle at the sight of us when we do so, when we live so. Still, you ask, do you believe this is possible? Do I believe this is possible for myself and for others? I do. I, if I'm honest, but I've only... I've only just begun to really comp comprehend that it is possible and live into it. I'm so glad for it. Even the slightest spark in the dark is a start, and my fire is growing hotter by the day. I believe it will be so. I believe it will be so for us. I really do. Some might ask in jest of my perceived rank or to simply lighten the mood. This is a weighty matter, after all. Not a general, you say. Wouldn't you rather be a general than a simple soldier, even one who spurs others towards the goal ahead? Surely generals who command troops gain favor and respect a mere foot soldier could never receive and are counted as a, among the great of the Lord. But I smile full of passion and determination and simply say, I don't mind being the least of these here on earth, but never shall I be content to be the least of these in heaven. So long as I lay my gifts and talents in humility and with love at the feet of my great king, and in doing so fight the good fight, engage the battles to which my sharp sword is directed, and live free of the brokenness of the world, the crown which I will receive as a vassal, and the eternal kingdom to come will fit me perfectly. And even its brilliance will give honor and glory to the king who designed and gave it. That is more than I deserve. I am content in this, you see, for I have kept in mind the words of Jesus who said in Matthew chapter 23, verses 11 and 12, The greatest among you will be your servant, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Indeed, the thought of victory thrills me to the very core. My soul redoubled in vigor, even though the way can be unabashedly hard. I simply trust in the Lord, for his promises are trustworthy and true, and so I press forward in faith, full of his great love and blessing, keeping the verses from James close to my heart. In James 1, verse 12, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. At last, out of exhortation, my passion poured out, and joy flooding in to, to fill me to overflowing. For I have said what I've been to say, and I'm content to close. I simply close by asking you this again, O listener. What is your rank in the Lord's army? The battle rages, and your great king has called your name. Having given you both gifts and calling, he will employ you. Greatly should you prove willing and catch the passion in his voice and call. It's time for us to break out in unity, passion, and compassionate outrage against the enemy's tragic schemes, and in so doing, to earn our crowns of glory. Amen. Give it up for him. Have a seat, would you? Have a seat. Give it up. Um, so Daniel has made writings for since I've known him and he submitted a few over and so what's neat is to be able to see him use his gift uh, in a way kind of even birth kind of a baby of his uh, this morning and so again when we look at a Sunday like this 
you know, you think church should be worship and then a word and da-da-da. But what's really neat is following his WordPress, you see everybody's gifts come together in a different way and create and connect with other people. And, um, and so I just love that. That's a brave thing to do, sort of take an artistic piece and try to deliver it in a room full of people staring at you. Amen? You doing okay? Your heart coming down a little bit? You know? Okay, good, good. And so really brave, and we super appreciate that. But I just want to encourage you, if you know somebody who who is into writing and making pieces like that, a um, couple things. One, you can find this group on our website, verticalstory.com. Just look at our groups. You'll find the writer's group. They also have a Facebook page, so any of your friends that you might want to suggest. Um, but tonight, they actually meet as a group. And so you can go there and hang out and, and encourage one another. You might not have to go there and write anything incredible, but there's people working on a book right now uh, that are a part of that group and just different things. And so, uh, again, appreciate your braveness, but just all want to let people know we like to think that church growth or growing together as a body of a Christ, body of Christ comes by only coming to church or going to the potluck or going to Ozfest or whatever it is. <laughs> but uh, some of you are like, does he know what that means? I, I know what that means. I'm just messing <laughs> It's like a it's like an art art show or something, I think. But um, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> but anyway. So just want to really encourage you, you know, if again, if you know somebody, get them connected. Those are ways that we grow together in God. God is creative and inspirational and, and the Bible has writings and much of the Psalms are inspirational writings and stuff. And so uh, God uses that stuff. And so again, I appreciate your braveness. I think it was super great and um, give it up for him one more time as he's seated.